Welcome to Changing the Way People Feel About Insurance with FWD. My name's Fiona Mattesini, and on this podcast, I'm talking to Ryan Kim, FWD's Group Chief Digital Officer. Stand by for some fascinating insights from a man who really knows his stuff. We talk about the technology that a lot of us use, but not many of us know what it's actually called. Our OCR can actually read almost every language, English, Chinese, Vietnamese. We talk about old data, new data, and why old data is so important in order to meet customer needs. We are only showing customers the information that really relevant to them. We consider how insurers use artificial intelligence and also how FWD differentiate in their approach. The key message here is unless the company actually have the ability to fine-tune and make the AI smarter every day, it's not going to be meaningful. Finally, we talk partners, ecosystems, collaborations, and yes, InsurTech. InsurTech players and any other cross-industry players will be a very, very important partner for us. We are very open for that collaboration. It was my pleasure to speak to Ryan and get some insights into the future of insurance in Asia. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for joining me. I think let's start with COVID because it seems that the big conversation is around how COVID has enforced insurers to not only very quickly mobilize their sales force, but evolve their operating model, even if that wasn't part of their original plan. How has COVID impacted FWD? Well, great question to begin with. Because of COVID, uh, we have accelerated some of the commercialization of the digital initiatives. For example, the demand for more digitized channels and interactions, but our work in these spaces started long time ago before COVID hit. So the change is constant mm. at FWD, and this is in our vision, change the way people feel about insurance. One example is a digital enablement platform which uses cloud-based containerization technology. Sounds really fancy, but <laughs> what we are actually doing is trying to put pre-approved development asset within that cloud-based area. Going forward, once the platform has already been developed for one market, as long as the functionality and feature are quite relevant in different markets, we don't need to go through another round of design, development, and test phase of this whole thing. For example, we are using this technology for some of the customer-facing channels such as chatbot and e-services for the claim submission from customer end. But at the same time, the same solution has been uh, leveraged for the our internal claim systems development. Another one is the Iris. And Iris is another lead management platform used by our distribution channel. And for the first market, we actually spent about six months to uh, deploy this solution. But from second, third, and fourth market, it has been shortened by half. So three months uh, down to two and a half months. Okay, so the key kind of USP to this is the fact that this is cloud-based and everything has been designed so that it can be scaled up or scaled across several digital assets, as you say, be it a chatbot, which is external facing, or be it internal back-end operations. It's the fact that you can take this technology and put it wherever you want. Is that a good way of putting it? Yeah, that is a good way of actually summarizing the capability of this. One other thing I want to point out here is that in normal world, design and, and development actually consume perhaps 60 to 70% of the entire effort for the end-to-end -end delivery. 
My point here is, in terms of time to market, we can actually shorten the delivery schedule so that if we actually understand what the customer needs are, then we can go to the market and get it deployed much faster. That's one of the direct benefits from customer standpoint. And of course, the thing with digital technology is that it's a bit of a moving target because new technologies are emerging all the time. I know that you and your colleagues have several key areas of focus and we can't possibly cover all of them today on this podcast, but can you explain maybe one or two of these technologies or specific FWD projects to people that don't have a technology background? And I think one that really interests me is OCR. Can you explain OCR? What is it? What does it do for the customer? Yeah, of course. OCR is a good example. OCR stands for Optical Character Recognition. Now that everybody uses smartphones, if you actually capture the image of a certain document, OCR technology basically reads the characters and populate those characters to the relevant system. Our OCR can actually read almost every language where we are actually operating, starting from English, Chinese, Vietnamese, and so on, and Japanese too. And using those technology, we are actually able to capture customer ID and the medical report and prescription documents. Without typing those information with a keyboard, customer can simply take the four of it and submit those things, and relevant information will be inputted into actual claims or the forms. I think I've already used this technology, but without knowing what it's called, I'm pretty sure that I've had to use my passport as ID and just scan it. So just explain to me, so it can convert paper documents and words, but also camera images into data that you guys will understand. So it's images as well as words. Is that correct? That is correct. Any types of documents is possible. And so can you use this and embed this technology into the claims journey as well as the purchase journey? The short answer to that is yes, uh, we have already used the OCR technology for our claims journey. So in Hong Kong, we have recently launched a new e-services app. Within that, customer can now take the photo of the prescription or invoice from the hospital and actually submit those uh, information and receive the claims money straight through processing without any paper or any human interaction. Wow. This is almost, almost going into a blockchain space, isn't it? I mean, I'm just thinking about futuristic insurance and whether there may be a point where somebody can get their flight details and that can go through. And because the insurer knows that that flight's been cancelled, you know, the claim would be paid. It almost makes the idea of claiming anachronistic, if I can use that phrase, is interesting because it is almost going into that kind of blockchain-y speeding things up, which I find um, really, really interesting from a sort of geeky (laughs) standpoint. Would you agree? I would agree. I think uh, it's a similar concept because at the end of the day, whether we use blockchain or any other technology, what the customer wants from us is actually the easy to use and fast processing. Mm -hmm. That's what customer expectations is. So for those things, we didn't require the blockchain technology. But later on, I can foresee that this technology might be evolved to that blockchain layer so that we can actually have the direct linkage with a hospital and health service provider and also payment companies. And perhaps it can become ecosystem when we actually process this whole uh, the claims. Yeah, yeah. So at FWD, you guys develop a lot of digital technology in-house. Is That's right, isn't it? We do. Our 
plan is to actually uh, develop our own digital assets rather than relying on the vendor side. That's the key principle. Mm. Yeah. And is this where the innovation kitchen comes into play? That is correct. So basically, we actually have the group of innovators in Singapore, and the focus is always doing the research on the latest technology at the global scale and understand what sort of technology are relevant for the insurance business context. Because sometimes industry always focuses on their own areas, but I think uh, there are a lot more that we can actually learn and leverage from other sectors. When you say other sectors, do you mean banking, retail, all of the above? Yeah, banking, retail, and technologies everywhere. Again, this is related to the customer expectation. If we actually do not fulfill those expectations, the customer will not be happy with our product and services. So that's mm. just very mm. simple, simple answer to us. Yeah, that's a really good point because I guess from the customer perspective, they don't think, well, you're an insurer, you, your technology should be a little bit a few years behind. They just think, I want it to be fast, easy, simple make it happen. If the place that I'm buying a pair of shoes from can do it, then why can't you? So that's a really good point. What about executing different digital technology for different markets? I mean, how different are they from each other? So for example, it's always been my understanding that Singaporeans are early adopters of new digital technology um, in a way that other markets in Southeast Asia might not be. Maybe in Thailand, e-commerce, I think, and in Vietnam, e-commerce is an emerging um, behavior. Like how, if you were to compare different markets, how do they differ in terms of the technology that they, that they want? In my view, the core of what the customer wants are not really different. And that is the reason why we actually have a principle of centralizing 80 to 90% of the functionality and feature for the platforms as a common area versus we allow about 10 to 20% of the flexibility to each market. Mm. And that flexibility isn't just about adopting the language or cultural difference. I think a vast majority of the flexibility is due to the difference of the regulatory hurdle in each market. So, I mean, yeah. e-commerce is actually evolving in every single market. And we also have a dedicated team called the New Business Model Team. We are actually helping Hong Kong to actually have a enhanced digital e-commerce capability so that Hong Kong can have market-leading e-commerce capability. Mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of the deployment timeframe, the end-to-end delivery is almost like shortened by a half. So that's probably a good starting point from us. Yeah, that in itself is a whole nother interesting point because it's not so much the big that will eat the small, it's the fast that will eat the slow. And this seems to be an area that you guys are moving into and and a philosophy that you guys are adopting. I mean, when you talk about new digital technologies and cutting delivery timescales in half, are we talking weeks rather than months? Yeah, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. I think Affiliate will be a good example. It's a lead management platform and it uses a social media channel for the lead generation and lead distribution. Affiliate is now widely used in multiple markets. From first market to next market, the delivery timeframe has been shortened dramatically mm-hmm. and that is designed to increase the likelihood, the conversion. As a result, our country like in Malaysia, we have been seeing significant growth Gosh, and that's the future of insurance, isn't it? All right, here's another big one for you. Another huge area of focus is data. And it's not just how you collect it, but where you collect it and how you use it. Is that correct? Talk to me about data. Yeah, data is definitely the key driver for FWDs going forward. Mm. But even with the the basic information and basic data, it actually helps our business to understand our customer needs and expectations 
when you actually use those information properly, that can actually help our product team and other teams actually come up with the right product and services for the customer. So our management has been mm-hmm. putting a huge focus on the data. And that is the reason why our group data team within the digital team has been growing every year dramatically. Mm. Just like other development, key principle here is we do it internally so that we can actually have our own IP. Yeah, that seems to be a theme that's, uh, that I'm drawing out from this podcast. So you have a data lake. Can you explain to people that have got no idea what's a data lake? What is a data lake? Tell me about this particular project. In all terminology, people might be more familiar with a data warehouse or databases and things like that. Data lake and data warehouse are fundamentally different because data warehouse can only handle structured data. Data lake can actually handle both structured and unstructured and semi-structured data. When you say structured data, can you just explain super quickly what, what's the difference between structured and, and unstructured? So if I was on the FWD website, if I was to fill in a form, then that would be structured. But if I was to put in a search term, like I was saying if I was searching critical illness insurance that would be unstructured. Yeah, that is a perfect example of structured and unstructured data. And in today's modern world, we now have so much more unstructured data. Mm. But at this point, can I just emphasize that at FWD, we have really strict governance around how we use data. We only use it for the benefit of the customer. For example, to personalize the sales journey so that we are only showing customers the information that really relevance to them. Mm. We are very strict on that. And in fact, last year, the FWD data team was really proud to be an honoree in the 2020 Informatica Data Strategy and Vision Award, which reflects our ethics and our approach. We are very proud of that. Yeah, this is really interesting, actually, because I was having a separate conversation about InsurTechs, there's a lot of conversation around the power of InsurTechs and there's a lot of InsurTechs popping up globally. However, from my layperson's mind, I think to myself, okay, sounds great. However, they don't have the data that, for example, FWD would have because in order to work as an insurer, one of your the biggest things that you need, one of your biggest assets is your data, your information. And so InsurTechs may have the digital technology, but they don't have that heritage data, which is so important. That is a very fair assessment. Thank you. In, in, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in my view, InsurTechs tends to pick up on few specific areas for quick growth, and many regulations limits applications of technologies in life insurance segment. So when the InsurTech company actually developed things like EKYC capability, along with the e-remote sales capability. It's just one area. I think the power of being the incumbent player here is that, uh, as you have just mentioned, having the, the huge data set to begin with. And InsurTech always are seeking for partnership with the actual players in each yeah. industry. And just like a fintech company always wanted to work with other banks, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So collaboration is is obviously a huge opportunity for both parties. Artificial intelligence is the other big theme. Obviously, FWD isn't the only insurer that's leveraging AI. What are some of the key differences in how you guys are using artificial intelligence? 
Yeah, the fundamental difference between FWD and other markets,、um, we have been building our own AI machine learning models.、Uh, vast majority of our data teams are data scientists. Last year has been a great year for us because we have been building number of key AI machine learning models and implemented those in number of big markets such as Hong Kong and Thailand, and we have been seeing significant success from those AI components. In Hong Kong, AI claim fraud detection was a huge success. The model existed since last April on premise, but we have migrated those to cloud in August last year.、Mm-hmm. And as a result, AI claim fraud application to supplement our claim solution for Hong Kong improved to ninety-eight percent model accuracy from ninety-seven. And now this solution has been embedded into the e claim submission app. So when customers submit their claim form, some cases, if AI fraud detection engine defines there is a low fraud risk sort of like a submission, we pay customers through the real time payment gateway.、Wow. So that's been a huge success, and we actually have a plan to roll that out to multiple markets in very short time frame. That's、uh, very very impressive. Yeah, the key message here is the AI is going to be helping the business, but unless The company actually have the ability to make the AI smarter、um, every day. It's not going to be meaningful.、Mm. And I think this dovetails into what you've been saying about owning the technology as opposed to outsourcing, which sort of leads me onto my next question: Can we talk about building your own technology in house versus working with external vendors? What's the lay of the land for FWD in terms of working with other parties? Right. Good question. Our principle is, of course, the building our own digital platforms and digital solutions. Having said that, we are always open up working with the various parties. Going forward, the future direction of the insurance will be having a the right platform with the right data infrastructure and the ecosystem. So, for the ecosystem standpoint, insure tech players and any other cross industry players will be a very very important partner for us. We we are very open for that collaboration because at the end of the day, insurtech players are not really our competitors, and we can see that from the example between the fintech and banks. I think the same thing will happen in the insurance industry. So having the partnership through the right ecosystem will only help our business, but at the same time, it will actually provide customer more option, and we will going to be able to actually meet customer expectation with those partners. Mm. In my research, I've been reading about some of the apps that you guys have got and have developed. FWD Tap in the Philippines, built in house, wonderful USP that it was co-designed with、uh, your customers. FWD Flyer again, built in house. I think this is in Singapore.、Uh-huh. Talk to me about apps and and where you're going with apps because obviously this is a, another huge space. Yeah, there are multiple apps across multiple markets.、Um, We are now working on the standardizing those app. I mean, if you look into the、uh, app trend, especially from the banking sector, customer actually had to download like a、uh, five to six different types of app to do some transaction work. But the current trend is actually、uh, merging those into one. So, super app has been the key trend for the app development from our conglomerates and MNC perspective.、Um, mm-hmm. And we are now planning to do、uh, something similar so that customer do not need to worry about. What kind of app the customer needs to download for the claims or purchasing or anything and rebalance of their existing portfolio? 
Obviously, uh, the FWD tab in Philippines and Flyer in Singapore and e-services app in Hong Kong, that has given us a lot of good data points and information. Through that, we know what the customer wants. And going forward, our super app will actually contain the best of breed of everything from those apps and turn that into one FWD app so that customers do not need to worry about anything and have this app to perform anything that they need to do with FWD going forward. Yeah, everything's in one place. And does this app launch this year, 2021, or...? Well, that's the plan. Um, uh, it's still ongoing, so um, uh, stay tuned. <laughs> that's all I got. Can tell you. I won't hold you to a date. Um, well, Ryan, that just leaves me to say once again, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for your time too. So that ends our podcast. And if you'd like to find out more about FWD, you can head to the group website, which is fwd.com. My name's Fiona Mattesini. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.